This message was recorded during a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. All right. Uh, oh, thanks for coming this morning, guys. Um, last week, you hit habits of devotion in a distracted age. If you came, look up Cornerstone U, look up on technology. Uh, this morning, the, the focus of this class is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I've kind of labeled this habits of resistance, which I don't know has ever been a term used before, habits of resistance. But I think so far in this Cornerstone U, the focus has been on the, the positive means of grace God has given us to commune with Him, you know, the exhortation to look up, to fellowship with God, to enjoy the good gifts God has given us, and to make sure, you know, we want to, we want to motivate by grace and the benefit of knowing God, uh, which is good stuff, but now it's time to resist. So this morning we're talking about what is robbing us of those things, the things that are Stealing our time, stealing our thoughts, stealing our focus, our prayers, our peace, our joy. That might sound like an overstatement, but I'm not, I don't know. I, I, think, I think technology is having an effect on us. And I think we're just now beginning to experience the effects of technology on our lives. And the one thing I've seen is, and uh, maybe, you, maybe this doesn't apply to you, but 100% of the people I talk to want to change their habits of technology. So I think everyone's kind of learning. We, we have phones. We're, it's a new generation. This, this, you know, technology is developing so fast that we're having to learn uh, what's the effect it's having on us. And when you first get a technology, you're super excited. Like, this is so cool. I don't know if you, if you guys saw the new iPhone. Like, I haven't seen it live, but I saw a video where you, like, you tap it together and like it does a wave on the phone as it sends your contact information and everyone's geeking out about it. And that's kind of like how we respond to technology. Everyone's really excited. It's so cool. It's exciting. And then after a couple of years, you start to go, what's the effect this is having on us? And what's this doing to my soul? And I think we're just beginning to experience that with our phones. And uh, I think people are starting to wake up and say, we need to change our habits a little bit here. So you, you can see this this graph on your outline. If you didn't get an outline, they're in the back there. But I found this this week, American cell phone usage and habits. And just kind of trying to communicate the effect that people are having by our phones and technology. 89% of Americans check their phones within the first 10 minutes of waking up. It's one of the first things we do every day as we check our phones. 75% feel uneasy leaving their phone at home. And uh, I don't know, you guys may not have this if you carry it in a purse or something, but I've had the experience, like, my pocket, like, where, where, like where's my phone? Where'd I leave it, you know? And I just start getting nervous all of a sudden. And, and then I have to tell myself, calm down. <laughs> like, you went many years without a phone in your pocket. It'll be okay. 75%. Check their phones within five minutes of receiving a notification. You know, uh, just, I think you guys have talked about this in this class, just the distraction, the constant kind of like check, check, you know, just every time it's notifying us, we're checking it. 75% uh, of people use their phone on the toilet. We won't do a raise of hands on who does on that one. 69% uh, have texted someone in the same room as them. I don't think I've ever done that, so I'm, not, I'm like in the minority on that one. 60% sleep with their phone at night. 57% consider themselves addicted to their phone. 
55% say they've never gone longer than 24 hours without their cell phone. Uh, and I bet the ones, I bet some of that are people who didn't do it intentionally, but it was broken or something, you know. Uh, 47% feel a sense of panic or anxiety when their cell phone battery goes below 20%. 46% use or look at their phone on a date. 27% use or look at their phone while driving. And I think as I looked at this, I really thought the problem is we're being led by our phones. So we, we've delegated to our phones authority in our lives to tell us what we need to do, to remind us, to notify us, to entertain us, to encourage us, to give us news updates. And they're doing exactly what we've asked them to do, you know, which means our phones are not the problem. It's really on us. It's up to us to make decisions about, is this what we want to do? And hopefully through this class, you've been inspired to draw near to God, to look up, to read, pray, meditate on God's word. And I think to do these things, to accomplish what we want to have accomplished in our lives, we have to resist. So I think it's time now. It's like we've got to start pushing back. And I don't want this um, to be legalistic. I don't want this to be like, you can't sleep with your phone next to you at night. You can't look at your phone, you know, if you get a notification. That's not my goal this morning. Uh, my goal is going to be really to encourage you to make decisions, so to get outside of your phone for a minute and to say, what do I want my life to look like? Is this what I desire to do? And to begin to make decisions practically about what you want to do with your time and your focus and your meditation and your prayer and see if your phone is serving you. And if not, then it's time to resist. And biblically, I think the category that the Bible would give us on this topic is self-control. That's the biblical topic that I don't think we talk about a ton but I think it's so important when we talk about technology, the topic of self-control. So we're going to talk about the biblical importance of self-control and self-discipline. And then we're going to end just by hitting some practical things that I, I think you should think about with the category of self-control and technology and your phones. So we're going to start with just the biblical importance of self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So Proverbs often uses pictures like this to help us understand a truth. So in ancient times, the walls of a city were its main defense. If you didn't have walls protecting you, then you were easy prey. An enemy could just come and could attack your city, and you had no defense. Anything could just come in and overwhelm you and take control of your city. And you see this in the Old Testament, how important walls are to a city. So you remember the story of Jericho, uh, where God's people are receiving the promised land, and the city of Jericho was protected by large walls, and they couldn't get inside, and so they marched around the city for six days, and on the seventh day, they marched around seven times, and they blew the seven trumpets, and when they blew them, the people shouted, and the walls fell down, and when the walls fell down, you know, they could attack the city. It was conquered as soon as the walls were down. They knew the city was there. Same thing if you read uh, in Nehemiah, you know, when they were in exile, when the Jews were in exile, and when they heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, it said about Nehemiah that he sat down and wept. 
Because if the walls were down of a city, he knew it's, it's conquered, it's overtaken. The enemies have control of that city. And so Proverbs, Proverbs 25, 28 is saying, if you are a person who lacks self-control, then you're like that city without walls. Any, any enemy can come in and overtake you. Anybody can conquer you. You are easy prey if you lack self-control and the walls spiritually that protect us is the wall is self-control that's the wall that God has given us to protect us from sin and Satan and this world so here's kind of my very simple definition of self-control self-control is the ability to rule our desires okay and just think about that chart all those percentages of people who feel anxiety when their battery is low and who use the phone in the restroom and uh, sleep with their phone by their bed at night. You know, like, are we using self-control? Are we ruling our desires? Is this what we really want to do with our time and with this technology is the question I want to ask. Self-control is the ability to rule our desires. It's the ability to say yes or no or now is not the time. It's the ability to say no to temptation. Self-control creates boundaries. It creates walls in our life. And without self-control, we have no walls, no defense. Here's a quote by Philip Riken. He says, a person with self-control has the restraint and self-discipline not to be ruled by passion and therefore is able to resist temptation. So just kind of ask yourself, Am I able to resist temptation? Am I able to say no? You know, am I looking up? Am I able to say no to looking down? This is where I think we need to resist this urge and being led by our phones. Uh, recent stats show that we now check our, our smartphones every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives. Like 150 to 200 times a day. We are looking at our phones. Uh, the average American spends between 9 and 11 hours a day with media, electronic media. That's not including work. Um, I did the math. I don't know how this all works out. People are not working eight hours a day. It's impossible because they're spending so much time checking the phone, you know, online. Uh, at the same time, a recent Bible survey said the average American... Uh, and the, the majority of Americans read their Bible on average four times a year. Uh, that's how often we read our Bibles, which means we check our phone every 4.3 minutes and we read our Bible every 90 days. So that's where I think, man, we're going to have to push back against this stuff. C.J. Mahaney, I think this quote's in your outline. He says, today the greatest challenge facing American evangelicals is not persecution from the world, but seduction by the world. And that's, that's kind of what happens if we lack self-control. We're easily seduced. We're just, we're just drawn in. You know, we're, we're slowly, minute by minute, day by day, just kind of lulled to sleep by our phones and wasting our time and, and wasting our energies on things that are not that important. Uh, Spurgeon, one of my favorite historical figures, he, told, he always used to use this illustration um, from Niagara Falls about a bird 
uh, that, that was floating down Niagara Falls. I love this illustration because I grew up on Niagara Falls Boulevard, right down the street from Niagara Falls. So, you know, Niagara Falls, this big Niagara River's coming down, and it goes over his massive falls. And he uses this illustration of a bird that was floating down the Niagara River on a log. And uh, it was kind of floating along, and as you watch the bird, you think at any minute it can just fly away. So it's heading towards these falls, but it's not worried. It's not in any danger. It can fly away, but Niagara Falls is freezing cold, and the mist from the falls freezes, and so the bird, as it gets closer and closer, the mist, it's freezing its legs to the log, and right when it goes to fly, it's frozen to the log, and it just goes over the edge. Now, that may be a concerning picture, but I kind of feel like that's what's happening to so many of us, is we're just floating along and we're just going along with, oh, updates, technology, notifications, text, you know, we're just kind of floating along and we're just going downstream. And we, can, we think at any minute I can stop, at any minute I can change this, I can do what I want. But I really think, you know, it's kind of the, the result in our souls is not good. We're not, we're not deep. Um, we, we don't read deeply. We don't think deeply. We don't pray deeply, and I think it's just because everything is so superficial, and we're just going along downstream. And so self-control gives us the ability, God gives us the ability to resist that downward flow. So, so self, self-control says, no, I don't want to go this direction. I want to go upstream. I want to go a different direction, and it gives us the ability to do that. Self-control, it allows us to be intentional with our time our decisions to follow the Lord's lead rather than our phones. So self-control says, I decide when are the appropriate times to use technology and the ways that are appropriate. It puts technology back into its place. And that's kind of what I, I hope we gain this, the, the fruit of self-control this morning. So I have, I have a ton of scriptures for you this morning. Uh, this is not all of them. It's just a sampling. But the, the, my heart was... I just want you to see how important self-control is to the Christian life. 2 Timothy 3, 2 and 4. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I've used this verse a lot um, with my kids to show them how disobedient to, to their parents is in this list, how serious that is. And then I've kind of like, wow, also what's in this list is without self-control. Just think about that. I mean, the, the list of sins and the description of people who are opposed to God you know, just lovers of self, arrogant, proud, heartless, unholy, slanderous, brutal. I mean, does it surprise you that without self-control is in that list? It kind of surprised me. Just like, that seems like a pretty normal thing. But I think it's a serious fault uh, when we lack self-control. First Corinthians 9, more on the positive side, encouraging them. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And his application is, so I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Self-control 
Uh, it's how we run the race. It's kind of his encouragement to Christians. You know, this is how we are to pursue the Lord. We're to use self-control. We're like athletes running the race, disciplining ourselves, you know, disciplining our body, keeping it under control. First Thessalonians 4.4, 4, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Now, the application in First Thessalonians is for this is the will of God for you, our, you know, your sanctification. And it's talking specifically about sexual immorality. But I think there's application there. I think there's application with technology in this area. But I think there's just application in that we know how to control our bodies in holiness and honor. He expects Christians to have self-control with themselves. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. You guys know this, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if you're a born-again Christian who is indwelt by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is producing in you the fruit of self-control, which should give us hope. I can have self-control. I can do this. God has given me His Holy Spirit to produce this fruit in my life. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Again, just the importance of it there with those categories. That's what the Spirit does. Titus 2, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is at hand. Okay? The end of all things is at hand. What do we do? That's a big start to a sentence. The end is near. You know, you see the guy in the city holding the big thing up. The end is near. It's coming. What do we do? Uh, be self-controlled. Wow. You know, I think if I see that guy with the sign, my tendency is to freak out. You know, the end is near. The application from Peter is be self-controlled. Be sober-minded. That's the application of the end is near. Titus 2 I mean, he just hammers self-control in Titus 2. Older men are to be self-controlled. Older women are to teach younger women to be self-controlled. Uh, my favorite verse for teenage guys, likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. He has like this list for everybody, men, women, young men, just one thing, just be self-controlled. And it's so true. If you have raised boys or have teenage boys, it's like, just learn self-control, It'll affect every area of your life. So, I mean, you can see through this list how important self-control is. It's, it's uh, you know, the grace of God does this in our life. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's our application for preparation for Jesus coming back. The end of all things is at hand. It's the main exhortation he gives to us to be filled with the Spirit. And, uh, and for older men, Younger women, younger men, it's the application to be self-controlled. It's so important in our Christian life to have the grace of self-control. So, today, listen, I know all those scriptures, you could apply that to like a hundred areas of your life. Uh, you could apply that to your diet and exercise and Bible reading and entertainment choices. And, and uh, like there's so many areas. How you respond to football games when... 
your team loses a game and you need the grace of self-control in that moment. You know, so many areas you could apply that to. There's only one area that I want to focus on this morning, and that's just our phones. So if you don't have a phone yet, good for you. You're going to have to think about it because this is coming your way. It's better to think about this before you get a phone. But even now, just think about the, this exhortation to self-control and apply it to how you use your phone and technology. Just one area. And I promise you, if you think through that this morning and you bring application to this area, it'll affect every other area of your life. Self-control, it's, it's not just, it, it, once we start using self-control and growing in self-control, it ends up affecting every area of our lives. So think about it in this one area, okay? Uh, Andy Crouch, a little book he wrote called The TechWise Family, some good things in that book, some things I'm not a huge fan of, but I love this quote talking about technology, and he's mainly applying it to phones. But he says, technology is good at serving human beings. It even, as in medical or communication technology, saves human lives. But it does almost nothing to actually form human beings in the things that make them worth serving and saving. You just think about that. It's like, Technology, phones, it doesn't develop our character. It doesn't make us more godly. It doesn't encourage our souls. There's good things on there that we can use for that purpose, but technology itself doesn't actually form us into anything valuable. It's there to serve us, and what's happened is we begin serving uh, technology. Just a side note, by the way, I thought about for parents, you know, talking to kids about their phone use, I've had many parents ask me about this, like, you know, so many parents are concerned about their kids, like, with video games and phone use and technology, and where I would go with that is not just to kind of pester them about that, but to go to those verses on self-control and say, here's the principle, here's what God wants to do. He wants to make us into self-controlled people. Now, how do we apply that to video games? How do we apply that uh, to YouTube shorts and TikTok? And uh, how do we apply that to your phone use? You know, what is God calling you to do in this area? Brandon Crow, uh, this is a book on productivity, but he has a point about this, about self-control. He says, we're integrated people. We can't sharply separate our, lo- our spiritual lives and our daily labors. For this reason, self-control And self-discipline are some of the most important characteristics for productivity. Wisdom requires that we live temperate, self-controlled lives if we want to be as effective as possible. Self-control and self-discipline teach us to make wise choices even when we may not feel like it. And I would say our devices are designed to fight you on this point. They're kind of, the whole point of them, if you think about it, is to distract you. And they want you engaged. They want notifications. They want your time. They want your energy. Everybody's using phones and technology to get their information in front of you to get you engaged with their product, whether it's their website, their news channel, because the more you click, the more you get on there, the more advertising dollars they get. Um, and so their, their whole design is to get you distracted and engaged. And self-control resists that and pushes back against that. So you have to fight against this. It's not gonna serve you. It's not gonna help you be self-controlled. Your phone's not designed to do that. It's designed to do the opposite. So you have to resist. And this is one last verse and then we'll get into some practicals. Matthew 26, 41. 
The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So in this area with self-control, our flesh is weak. And I think you guys have probably felt this. You know this. It's like when we're discouraged, uh, when we're tired, we just lack self-control. That's when we dive into things and we don't use. We're not temperate. We're not self-controlled and self-disciplined. And so one of my applications I want you to think about is, how do I make it harder for my flesh? I don't want to make it easy on my flesh. Phones are designed to do that. They're trying to make life easy everywhere. They want everything easy. So I think for our flesh's sake, we're going to have to resist and make it hard with ourselves. And the reason I say that is I don't want this to come across legalistic. Like I'm not being prescriptive. I'm not telling you what you have to do. But I'm saying the flesh is weak. We want to be self-controlled lives, and our devices are not designed to help us in this area. So you have to resist. So four application points, and then maybe we'll have a couple minutes uh, for Q&A. But number one, just step one, I think, is just study your current habits. Um, Look at those statistics at the beginning. Does that apply to you? You know, do you check your phone constantly? Uh, do you check your phone while waiting, while, while waiting on people? You know, are you hanging out with someone and the moment they go to the restroom, you pull out your phone and check it instead of sitting there quietly for a minute? Do you use your phone in the bathroom? Again, I don't want to know, but you can ask yourself that question. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, do you get nervous if you don't have your phone? How much, how much time do you spend on your phone each day? So our phones have this wonderful tool called Screen Time, which will tell you that amount. I did this with... Uh, Uh, relayers one time at Brenner. Uh, I didn't mean to do this, but I said, everybody get out your phone and just check your screen time. Look at it right now. And we went around the room and everyone shared their screen time. And I was very concerned. (laughs) I was like, holy moly. I think one of the teenagers was uh, nine and a half hours that day on their phone. And they went to school that day. And I was like, dude, I don't even know how this is humanly possible. Like, how did you do this all day on your phone? Um, you know, it's not always the best measure screen time because you could be listening to a sermon. That, you know, so you really have to look at how am I using this phone? Am I using it? Is it encouraging me? Is it self-control? Is it encouraging my soul? Because those things factor in too. You're using it for maps while you're driving somewhere. So I'm not trying to say if you have this certain amount of screen time, then you're a, an ungodly person who lacks self-control. You, you have to study your habits and decide, is this what I want to do with my day? That's, that's what's revealing. Is look at your screen time and are you surprised? Are you shocked by that? You know, Ephesians 5, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So do you feel like you're making the best use of the time? So application, this afternoon, tomorrow morning, just look at your screen time. Look back. Think about it. Spend a, just spend time going, what do I do with this? Let's start there. How do I use my time? And is it self-controlled? And then number two, set your desired habits. You know, what would you like to do with your time? This is what self-control does. It says, okay, this is what I would like to be doing with myself. Would you like to read more? Do you want to read more books? You know, do you look at it and think, man, there's, there's all this good, these good books and I can't seem to find enough time to read. Okay, I want to read more. That's a goal I have. That's one of my goals for this year. I want to read more books. I want to spend more time reading. Do you want to pray more? Do you want to exercise? Do you want to memorize scripture? You know, what are the habits that you would like to 
grow in. Drew talked about this last week, habits of grace, even silence and solitude. Would you like to grow in the habit of solitude? You know, last week, um, there was one evening where I got home and Elizabeth had somebody over and they were kind of talking about girl things. And so I said, I'm going to go outside now. You're like, I don't want to be disruptive here. And so I just put my phone, my habit lately is I've started this habit where I get home and I put my phone on the charger and I just leave it there. So I, I just set it down for a while so I don't check it. And so I went out, I grabbed a book and I went on our front porch and it was just beautiful. It was like good weather and I was on the front porch and I ended up just sitting there for 15 to 20 minutes without reading, just in silence. And it was so refreshing. And really like it just rejuvenated me just looking at the sky and praying and thinking about the Lord and just taking a moment in silence. I thought, man, this is something I want to do more often. It's just go, go, go. It encouraged my soul. Uh, and I even had the temptation, like halfway through, I had the thought, maybe I should check my phone. And I, I had to resist. I was prepping this, and I thought, no, resist. Don't check your phone. You self-control. This is a great moment. Don't ruin it with your phone. So, you know, we need to be more intentional with our time. So when you set your desired habits, you're saying, what's ideal? Like, how much time a day should I be spending in things? What do I desire to do? Instead of just floating downstream and being led, let, let's kind of like make a decision. What do I want my, my day to look like? And what would be the best for my soul, my family, my friends? What's the best use of the time? Let's decide that. And then number three, I think it's just resisting. Looking at those habits, what you would like to see happen each day in your life, Self-control means you're going to have to resist and say no to whatever is robbing you of those things. So this is where we apply self-control in our lives. We know what's best. We've, we've looked at how we spent time. We, we, we set goals of what we desire to do. We make a plan. And then self-control gives us the ability to actually resist temptation and stick to that plan. Uh, the good news about technology is they've designed this wonderful way that you can stop using it. It's called the power button. It's like amazing that it exists. They created a power button. Like you can take your phone and slide the little bar over and it will leave you alone. It will quit bothering you. But ask, like how often, seriously, do you turn off your phone? You know, like just shut it down. You're like me. I'm like, when's the last time I turned off my phone? It's probably been a month, you know, but it's amazing. It's like, we can just turn things off. We can unplug them like they don't have to run our lives. We can use self-control. We can turn off the TV. Self-control means turning it off. So what is distracting you? Uh, uh, part of, part of self-control and resisting our flesh is making it harder for our flesh to get what it wants. So technology is trying to make everything very easy for us. It's trying to to make us indulge our flesh. And so self-control means we have to resist against that. So one of the things I did like about Andy Crouch's book, The TechWise Family, is one of his points is make it harder for yourself to just do the easy thing. So it's easy to plop down and just turn on the TV. 
So make it harder to do that. Close your TV, you know, hide your remote. Put it in a place where I have to go get the remote and be intentional to turn on my TV. Don't just set it there in front of you. Make it harder to check your phone. Put your phone away. Put it in a different location. Like one of the things we've done as a family after reading that book is at dinner time, no phones. Just we're going to take a break. We're going to interact with each other. Nobody's on their phones. No one's looking at their phones. Uh, we're going to take a break from our phones, you know. Um, there's so many examples of things we've been thinking through as a family here in this area. Uh, our living room, we've tried to kind of take technology out of our living room. The one technology I've left in there is a record player because uh, it doesn't seem to distract us. So we'll put a record. I'm trying to grow my vinyl collection. I love jazz. I don't have any bluegrass albums, but I do like jazz. And so we'll put a jazz album on, and we'll just have music playing. And it's amazing because we'll grab books, we'll grab cards, we'll grab board games, we'll talk. You know, it's just like instead of uh, just sitting down and being distracted and just watching something, it's like we're interacting with each other. And I think it takes resisting and structuring our homes around the things we want to do and make it easier to interact with each other. Make it harder for your flesh to get what it wants. One of the applications I think Drew mentioned last week is just taking a break from our phones, you know, one hour a day. Just take a one hour a day, um, take a break from your phone. One day a month, turn your phone off. You know, I don't know if everybody can do this. I mean, if, if you're on call and you're a doctor and there's emergencies, you need to have your phone nearby. Most of us don't fall into that camp. Uh, he does one, Andy Crouch does one week a year he doesn't use his phone. I don't know if, if you can do that, but it sounds amazing, <laughs> just taking a break from our phones. Um, I think the application for you would be just commit to times without technology. So what does that mean for you? Does it mean getting a real alarm clock next to your bed so your phone's not there? That's what we did. So we have an alarm clock next to our bed. That's what Elizabeth uses, and her phone is in a different room away from us at night. And it's just trying to stay off our phones, you know, to, to read at bed and, and use self-control in these areas. Um, you know, Ben Thompson, he has this quote. He says, mobile is a great market. It is the greatest market the tech industry or any industry for that matter has ever seen. It's only when we're doing something specific that we aren't using our phones. I thought that was very true. It's only when we're doing something specific that we aren't using our phones. And the empty spaces of our lives are far greater than anyone imagined. So he's saying when they developed mobile technology... They thought this is going to be amazing, but they didn't realize how much space in our lives it would fill. Every little moment tends to be filled with technology and phones. He says, into this void, this massive market, both in terms of number and available time, came the perfect product. So it just fills every waking moment of our lives. And so putting it away, using self-control it makes you realize how much time we have in the day to do other things that are encouraging to our souls. So, so do you ever feel like you are so busy you don't have enough time to get everything done? And then do you ever look at like what you've actually accomplished and think, man, I did so little today, and you wonder where the time went. I think it's really eaten up in two, three, five-minute chunks all day long where we just need to resist that urge and get those moments back into our lives. A um, couple other applications for resisting. 
I would say turn off notifications for non-essential things. Go into your phone, see what's notifying you. Think if that's really necessary. Turn off notifications. Silence your phone when you're doing important things. Have scheduled times where you check your phone. Put it away for an hour and say, hey, in an hour, I will see if anybody needs to get a hold of me, if there's an emergency, if anyone has texted me. If not, put it back down for another hour. You'll be amazed like uh, how unimportant you actually are probably most of the time. You might be surprised how little there is on there that is actually essential to your life. Probably very little. Uh, Turn off notifications, turn off updates, uh, set a goal to reduce screen time. So set a goal for what you want to do and try to, try to work towards that goal every week. Reward yourself when you hit your goal. Go get yourself some Jeremiah's Italian ice, you know. And I promise you, if you, promise, if you say to yourself, if I reach my goal on screen time, I'm getting Jeremiah's at the end of the week. You will reach that screen time because Jeremiah's is fantastic. That is some amazing Italian ice and it motivates you. So reward yourself. Don't make it just all negative, but you know, do something positive to reward yourself for reaching your goals. Keep growing, keep reducing it down until you are where you want to be using self-control. Last thing I would say to resistance um, is get accountability. I think this is so helpful in our lives. When you set these habits and you want to resist whatever is distracting you from, from being with the Lord and accomplishing the goals you want, get accountability from somebody. Say, here's my goal this week. Um, can you hold me accountable? I would like to put my phone down during dinner. I want to, you know, reduce my screen time. I want to change the structure of my home to not make it easy to just, you know, be floating downstream with technology. Get someone to hold you accountable with those things. And then, and number four is just structure your life to resist. So this is similar points, but uh, I don't think it's just about time with our phones. It's also just about our space, you know, structuring your space in your life to encourage your spirit, um, putting good, bo- good books next to your bed, putting Bibles out, you know, like uh, putting a Bible on your, on your table at dinner time. So just makes it easy to grab a Bible, open it, begin reading your Bible. Put Bibles throughout your house in different locations. Maybe wherever your remote is right now, just put a Bible there, you know. Put your remote under the Bible. I promise after a week, you'll probably move the Bible and won't even think about it anymore. But just you're trying. You're like fighting back and trying to use self-control. Um, I read a couple articles this week in Wall Street Journal. One was about a University of Tennessee graduate who invented um, the box, one of his patents is he invented the box that you put your phones in and it locks it for a certain amount of time, which I thought that was ridiculous when I first heard about that. I was like, come on, like that is horrible. Like you, you, don't, you have to lock it in a box for an hour and there really is no way to get into it in an hour. Like this thing locks down. There's no override. It's like you are unavailable for one hour. I thought that was ridiculous, and then this week I thought, that's not a bad idea, actually. Like, if you lack self-control, it's just forcing you. That, it's, he's not a Christian, but he's just going, I'm forcing you to use self-control. I'm forcing you to break habits with your phone. Uh, the other article I read about habits in the Wall Street Journal uh, was about this study. It was all about how to form simple health habits. It was mainly about eating and exercise, but I think there's application in other areas. But one of the things the article said 
is any habit takes about 66 days to actually form a habit. And one of the applications in the article was actually phone and technology that we just started forming habits unintentionally. People just started doing these things. But now it's been several years, and people are saying, I can't stop. Like, I, I just, I can't stop using my phone. You know, uh, one of the things I thought about was just when I'm standing in line. You know, like when we just have a moment in line somewhere, almost everybody gets out their phone now. And I thought, why would, you know, there's no point in doing that. Uh, you know, take a book in line. If people can stand in line and look at their phones, what's weird about reading a book in line? I, you know, I, I'm sure you'll get some weird looks, but if anyone gives you a weird look, just say, what's the difference? Like, you're reading your phone, I'm reading a book. But 66 days to form a habit, two to three months, is kind of a, a safe bet on average. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to use self-control, if you're going to try to resist, you know, habits of resistance, I just want to prepare you. It's going to take a couple of months to do this consistently. It's not going to be one week and you're going to think, man, I've conquered these habits. It's going to take several months to form new habits in your life. But, but I think, you know, the encouragement would be, I think the, the benefit to our souls, if we can form new habits, if we're looking up instead of looking down, if we're less distracted, if we think deeper about the Lord, if we're memorizing Scripture, if we're more engaged with people around us, if we're fellowshipping with people, if we're looking up, looking up towards the Lord and looking around at other people in our lives and engaging in conversation, engaging with our children, engaging with our family, um, there's nothing but good things that can come into our lives when we do use these habits of resistance and we begin to look up in our lives. So that's my encouragement for you. And uh, let me pray for you this morning. And then we'll join everybody out in the lobby and get ready for church. So, Father, thank you for these folks who came this morning. I thank you for this Cornerstone You, And I do, I do pray for the gift and the grace of self-control in our lives. So help us to be self-controlled, upright, and godly. Help us to control our bodies and holiness and honor. So just pray that you would give us grace to do those things this week and in the coming months and in the coming years, that we would be a godly people who are self-controlled. Pray you would do that by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Cornerstone U exists to have our minds renewed by the Word of God, to see who God is, and to live in light of His Word and Gospel. To find out more about previous Cornerstone U classes, visit us on the web at www.cornerstonechurchofknoxville.com forward slash cornerstone U.